Hey everybody, it's Aldo Gandhi, and I just want to let you know really quickly that our swag shop is reopened. DeepDishTees.com is where you go, and that's tees with T-E-E-S. Clever name, guys. They're the new home of our merchandise. You can get t-shirts, you can get caps, you can get coffee mugs, you can get hoodies, you can get all sorts of good stuff, and you'll help out the bar room with the purchase. So head over to DeepDishTees.com. What's up and welcome back to Bar Down Blackhawk Talk, episode number 26, presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and I'm here with Joey Parisi rocking a Boston Bruins hat. And Joseph, what's going on? What's up? How's it going? Aren't I always rocking a Boston Bruins hat on the show at this point? Boston we're getting, something. We're, well, we're getting back into like the groove. You know, you saw last week I had my wall of jerseys. I was all decked out. I cut back a little bit this week, just threw the hat on, but we're like... We're a, less than a week away from our first like preseason hockey. Yeah, you saw all the stuff on Twitter today, like all the teams they're starting to oh, do yeah. their, oh, their yeah. local media. So like the national media, like Jack Hughes was in Chicago, uh, McAvoy, I think uh, Patrick Kane and Mark Andre Fleury were doing it for the Hawks. There was a, um, it was in Chicago, so I think there were like a lot. I think uh, Seth Jones was there as well. There was, yeah, it's always a little easier when you're like in your home. Yeah, but, you know, it was really cool to see. Now the teams are actually doing their own media. But really quick before we get going. Justin Fields is the starter for the Chicago Bears. Your reaction? I mean, uh, is it? Be, I don't. I need to know more. Like, is it because Andy Dalton's hurt and not yeah. like not available mm-hmm. to go? Yeah, I mean yeah. that's. So I'm a red rifle guy. I I said it at the beginning of the You're season. I, there needs to be some red rifle support in the city, and it's coming for me and my cousin Frankie. So shout out to you, Frank. The red rifle doesn't get enough credit. It's okay to support the red rifle in the role that he deserves to. Be and when one player gives you a better chance to win football games, that's the story for a different day. Really quick, I have a you know, we always start with like an obscure question, Later on, nothing to do with sports or anything. Do you think you could get down a half gallon of milk in 15 minutes and not throw up? A half gallon, yeah, yeah, 15 100%. minutes though, 100%. The whole gallon's an hour. Wait, I mean, I probably could do that too. I don't know, a half gallon. Uh, you know what? I want to say the half gallon was five minutes. The whole gallon's 15, and then you have to go an hour without throwing up. No, see, well, you just change it from 15 to an hour. Yeah, I thought about it. Five minutes, maybe not, but uh, f- 15 minutes for a half gallon, easy, especially if I have some Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On the hockey, we'd like to send you to period number one. That's what happens when you just spring it on like that. I mean, you don't give good answers. So biggest news in the NHL the last couple days, the Minnesota Wild 
have signed their superstar forward, Kirill Kaprizov, to a long-term contract extension after being the Calder Trophy winner as the league's top rookie. So for that, in order to discuss that and other Wild-related news, I'd like to bring in our very special guest. And of course, that is Lake Martin, better known as the small body of water. He's currently a free agent Minnesota Wild writer, so make sure you hit him up if you're looking to hire one of the best in the business. Lake, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you boys doing? Not bad, not bad. Yeah, we're happy to have you on and talk some wild hockey with you. Yeah, uh, it's been a nervous couple of weeks just counting down to the days of the season just because, you know, the news looked like uh, Kaprizov might miss camp and then all of a sudden it just drops in the middle of the afternoon and I had to restart counting my days to puck drop because that was really exciting now and I completely forgot how many we had to first game. Yeah, for sure. It's getting close. So you might notice by looking at our names that there's obviously some association with the Minnesota Wild just naturally. They're not our number one favorite team, but I think me and Joey both appreciate them to you know a pretty high degree. For a long time, they were like my number two team, no question. What does Zach Parisi mean to you as a Wild fan? So... Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter, when they signed July 4th, 2012, uh, really changed the energy around the franchise that they hadn't done much since their uh, extended playoff run in the early 2000s. And while they didn't succeed with anything they did, like they didn't make it outside the second round, I think, ever in their tenure here, uh, they brought uh, an energy to the team and uh, aura to the team that made it exciting to be a wild hockey fan again. And it sucks that they had to be bought out. I think Parisi's obviously was uh, expected. Suter's was pretty shocking. Yeah, and it looked like Zach was, you know, having some success in the playoffs when he entered in the lineup last year. And then, you know, Suter had a decent year. Were you surprised to see both of them, you know, get let go? Suter was certainly shocking because he had just come off uh, the season prior, I think his most uh, productive season uh, offensively, which was... Uh, great to see in his mid to late thirties, uh, Parisi, not so much while he did have success in the playoffs and he was, he was in that role to succeed where he can absorb those cross checks that he's famously taken over the years in the playoffs and has, you know, been injured for, I wish the NHL would crack down on that a little bit more, but, uh, Parisi, it was time to go. He was never really thrilled with his role after a month or two. And he got prime time, uh, opportunity with Bugstad, which, didn't work out that great, but he had Kaprizov. So you couldn't have asked for a better situation ideally for him to start the season, but by the end, it just wasn't working anywhere in the lineup and he was getting fourth line minutes and wasn't happy about it. And I I kind of agree. It it, it was clearly a team going in a different direction than to have their 37 year old lead the way in terms of ice time. When you got a guy like Kaprizov and Fiala is awesome. We'll get to those guys in a little bit. But now he goes to the New York Islanders, who are kind of like a more veteran team. They play a certain style of game. Really, Matt Barzell's the only one who you would think of as like a flashy superstar type player. The rest of them, like Anders Lee, and you know they have you know the good defensemen that they have, strong goaltending emphasis. He kind of fits in on a team like that. Well, and he was already previously connected to the Islanders uh, pre-pandemic trade deadline. There were the rumblings that he might be going to the island and uh, Andrew Ladd, I believe, coming back the yep. other way. Yep. And you know how Lou is. If any details kind of leak out, he might snuff it as quick as possible and eventually never happened. Yeah. Are you happy sure. it didn't happen? Or were you kind of hoping for something like that last year? 
it would have been really interesting, I think, complexity-wise, because you might have seen someone like Matt Boldy, who a Wild fans desperately wanted to see down the stretch, get into games, and that never happened. Ultimately, though, I don't know if the Wild would have been as successful without Parisi, despite, you know, not having a spectacular season. You bring up Matt Boldy. That United States National Development Program team was just so sweet two years ago with Jack Hughes and Cole Caulfield and Spencer Knight and Zegris. And I could just name them all because they're all going to be sweet in the NHL. You think Matt Boldy's going to st- either start the season with the team or make an impact at some point this season? Yeah, I think outside, like as soon as I think it's pretty well known that he's over 50% to make the, the roster out of training camp. Uh, you can tell during rookie tournaments that he's got an actual NHL number with number 12 and not something obscure like a yeah. 76 or something that you see. Mm-hmm. And really, it's only been him and Rossi with NHL-esque numbers. Uh, Boldy, you know, has served his time playing in the AHL for 12, 15 games last year, did phenomenally. Uh, he went into rookie tournament with the same focus and commitment that he had with the AHL. And he lit up uh, your guys at Chicago Blackhawks, especially in that game, too, a couple of times. Uh, I think he looks ready for the NHL. He looks physically fit. Like he looks like an NHL player. He can absorb the hits. He's, I think he's going to make the roster and probably play with Fiala. That's awesome. So getting into things, Kaprizov, five-year contract. Uh, was it nine or 9.5 million? It was in that range. Uh, just a flat nine. The flat nine. Okay. What are your thoughts on that deal? Did the Wild kind of cave too early? Is $9 million too much? That could be like a team-friendly deal five or three years from now if you look at the way other superstars are being paid. Just your general thoughts on the contract as a whole. Uh, first and foremost, I think Paul Theofanis, his agent, did a fantastic job negotiating this contract because uh, Michael Russo reported earlier today or yesterday on his Worst Seats in the House podcast that uh, Russo and the Wild had offered that $9 million for an eight-year deal really early on in the process. And the fact that Theofanis could get those years down to where he, his client can get another big payday pretty soon is really good negotiating. And that being said, that doesn't mean Garen lost that contract negotiation. I think Garen knew that it was going to be a tough one, despite having realistically a lot of the leverage and tools, just because he couldn't get offer sheeted, he couldn't be arbitration eligible. But the Wild... And need you know they needed to pay this guy because he's the first real superstar they've had, arguably since Gabrick, or even if you want to go as far in the state of Minnesota, Mike Medano. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you about you know some of those guys we've seen like Miko Koivu, Marion Gabrick, Nicholas Backstrom played in Minnesota, uh, Zach Parisi, some of those great Minnesota Wild players. Do you think Kareel has that you know potential to become a Minnesota Wild franchise superstar? If he commits to the franchise, especially after this contract, he certainly could. I, it's hard to believe that he's only been here one year and he got the nine mil, but his play is electric. The one game I got to go to this past season, every time he touched the puck in a half full stadium, people were really excited to see what was going to happen. And uh, if the success that they could potentially have, especially with the young talent like Boldy and Rossi coming in, it's not unreasonable to see the wild coming out of the first or second round uh, and making a legitimate run. It really depends on what happens after this contract. If he sticks around, he'll be beloved for life. If he doesn't and the wild don't really do much while he's here, it'll be kind of just like a man. We missed another opportunity with this kid. 
when the Wild acquired Kevin Fiala, I want to say it was the trade deadline in 2018, mm-hmm. and Mikhail Granlund, right? Yep. I couldn't believe my eyes. I was stunned. And now here we are three or four years later, and I think he's one of the most underrated players in the National Hockey League. Do you concur? So I was one of the people early on in that trade because he, was hor- he wasn't horrible. He wasn't great mm-hmm. uh, the rest of the season when he arrived. Uh, and I was one of the people, especially while I was still a fan-sided, uh, yelling and screaming about how could you not get a draft pick with this because Fiala was kind of unproven and not a known commodity yet, and Granlund was. And in retrospect, it seemed to be a pretty fair deal, one-for-one-wise. I think it's a little silly the way the franchise has treated him, not really committing to him and giving him a payday and you know going one year 5.1, I believe it was this year. I might be wrong in that number. Uh, but Fiala is really exciting and a very low-key, uh, skillful, and electric player. I absolutely agree. Yeah, so I want to ask you about this team's defense. You know, you got Jared Spurgeon, your captain, leading the way. But what do you think as the about the defense as a whole and like, uh, going into this season, how successful you think they'll be? So the real question comes down to what do you think Alex Goligoski is compared to Ryan Suter? I think in defensive ability, he's just a step below what Ryan Suter could do. But offensively, I think he's a step above what Ryan Suter could do, especially quarterbacking the power play, which Suter began to lose a little bit of his foothold in doing last season. Uh, I think that the top four mostly is going to be about the same what you would expect. And then you look to the bottom two which we lost both uh, Ian Cole and Carson Soucy, who were really strong and uh, physical as a bottom two. And there, it's going to be some sort of two between Jordy Ben, Dmitry Kulikov, um, I'm missing one, John Merrill, and potentially Kalen Addison, although I don't know if he will get game, that many games in the NHL if he's not going to be consistently in the lineup this season. Uh, it's apparent that they want to get tougher and even more than what they had last year and to the detriment of potentially being defensively sound. But I think you're going to see the top four shoulder much of the minutes, 20 to 40, or you'll see 20 minutes from the top pair, you know, another 18 from the second pair and the rest for the third. And I think the wild will be that consistently good defense. And so with that defense, it's got to be played in front of good goaltending in order to have any success in this type of division. What's your general grasp on how the goalies are going to play this season i know cam talbot played out of his mind for the most part last year so what are your thoughts cam talbot uh early last season struggled out of the gate especially because he just couldn't get any momentum in net he had to miss a, a good chunk of games like a week or two uh two separate times and that's when we saw capo kakinen actually really play really well and once Cam Talbot returned to the net, he started playing and getting consistent games and really becoming a solid goalie at the detriment of Kakinen's momentum and consistency in net where he then dropped off. Uh, in general, though, it's going to matter if Cam Talbot can be that same type of goalie this year. He's one year older. You know, goalies, once they start to drop off, they drop off the mountain hard. But he was fantastic in that Vegas series. He didn't get the praise he deserved. Uh, in my opinion, for those two, just because he was the name brand. Like, Fleury had some fantastic saves, but he also coughed up the puck and gave away some pretty bad goals. Yeah, I would say he outdueled Fleury in that series and 
Flurry just played behind a Vegas team who, and no disrespect to Flurry, he was awesome too. It was one of the better goalie duels in the entire playoff tournament. But Cam Talbot played really good in that um, series. And we got news today about Alex Stalock, who I know he's not with the Wild anymore, but he has a heart related or a heart issue now that's directly related to about with COVID 19. So it, it's really tough to see. And we hope that that guy can get things going in the right direction. It's horrible news, man. He's such a good, cheerful guy. He was always in Minnesota doing the, the Beauty League tournament during the summer with NHLers and college kids. He's always a happy guy. Um, he, he and Marco Rossi, I think, were, if I remember from Michael Russo's reporting, had the same uh, affliction, myocarditis. Mm-hmm. And uh, while they couldn't do anything, they would go to the rink together to watch the games while they, while they both were still in town, obviously. And it's just such a shame because he he deserves better. He he dragged the Minnesota Wild team to the bubble that probably didn't deserve it, but he played his heart out. I hope the best yeah, for him. For sure. Before Joey goes with his next question, I got to ask, have you ever been to a Debuty League game? Oh, for sure. Really? It's at uh, Braemar Arena in Edina, which Minnesotans will roll their eyes at. But it's a fantastic time. Uh, it's evolved a little bit since I've been there. Like they have official Adidas jerseys and yeah. really good sponsorship planning with it, but it's a fantastic time. It's a good way to kill some summer days. Yeah. For yeah sure. was, you got to get up there. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm sure it's like a super fun time, regardless of what yeah. you're going to see. Um, a little bit later in the show, Vinny and I are going to be previewing the central division. I want to ask you like maybe besides Colorado, cause we all know what kind of power they have. Who, what team are you like the most scared of in that central division? So there's two that, stand out to me winnipeg finally fixed their defense and focused on the hole that they've had the last two or three years basically since they made their western conference final run and have a defense that i don't hate and playing that in front of or with connor halbuck behind them i don't know how many pucks you're going to get into their net and secondly there's the dallas stars who i don't know what to think about them if they can somehow find that mojo they had when they went to the final and the bubble they could be a team that's interesting um in general though they're just a bunch of old tough men which i'm sure so many people have said about the wild yeah i like both of those answers i mean both those teams especially dallas like you never you don't know what you're going to get with them they could either be like that team that went to the cup and lost to tampa or they can be last year's dallas stars who took them all season long to finally find a rhythm and it was just too late Mm, absolutely are you excited to watch the seattle kraken (sighs) man they kind of botched their expansion draft it took so much momentum away from them too um their jersey sales are on fire right now apparently like they're like leading the league in jersey sales I mean, it's a, I, I know their name in their jersey is uh, kind of split on if you're a fan or not, because I know mm-hmm. the Sockeyes were what a lot of people wanted, especially in that area. Mm-hmm. I think the logo looks cool. I think the colors are great. Uh, I think there's going to be a really fun rivalry between them and Vancouver, which is going to be really interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, they made some noise. The Philip Grubauer signing could be something. And that Pacific division's horrible. So it's not outside the question that they make it. Yeah, me and Joey both pegged them as third place in the division behind uh, – what did we have? We said Vegas, obviously, and Edmonton. Probably Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. Edmonton. Edmonton. Um, last year we didn't get to see much of it, you know, with the whole isolated divisions and all that. But 
finally we get our wild Blackhawks, you know, series is back. What, are you excited for that? Or what do you think of the Blackhawks going into this season? Uh, the Blackhawks did some really interesting things. They committed to Seth Jones for essentially nine years because he hasn't even started this final year of his contract and gave him the eight year extension. I think maybe yep. I got that completely wrong. Nope. You got uh, the, it right. Okay, sick. Uh, the flurry acquisition is uh game changing for them because that was their issue last year was goaltending. Uh, with the exception of Lincoln and getting just exceptionally hot for periods of times and flurry Lincoln and as a tandem is, rather good if Lincoln can find some consistency and then from there you get into the questions of whether uh Taze Kane and Doc are going to be able to with Debrinkat of course to be able to uh snipe a spot between uh any of the teams we've already mentioned in the central Colorado Minnesota uh Winnipeg I think is really good and potentially St. Louis I don't I'm not too high on St. Louis in my personal opinion um Wild card's not out of their question. I think their ceiling is probably third. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, kind yeah, of, I think that's all agree. Colorado's one. And I think a lot of people are high on Winnipeg, even though like two years ago, I would have said hell no to Winnipeg. But now I'm looking at them. I'm like, that's a really good team. And then, of mm-hmm. course, the Wild are right there, too. And I got the Blackhawks in that mix with the Wild and Winnipeg for two through four. And we'll be previewing the divisions later. But um, you brought up Marco Rossi a couple times throughout this whole thing. And as a New Jersey Devils fan myself, it was they were picking, I want to say the Devils were picking seventh. Yep. And it was like, are they going to take Holtz or Rossi? Or are mm-hmm. they going to go way off the board and take Jack Quinn? And Buffalo. then they ended up, Buffalo took Quinn fifth. Like nobody saw oh, that coming. Horrible. And day. yeah, because Rossi like made Quinn a superstar on their team. And then. Yep. Here we are. The Devils took Holtz, who is awesome. No disrespect to Holtz. And I think position had a little bit to do with it. Rossi's a center. The Devils have Hughes and Heeshear. So mm-hmm. I don't know if they're trying to draft a superstar third liner. But what's your overall impression of Rossi so far? I know he was sick for a long time, and we're glad to see him happy on the ice. I've only seen good things for Marco Rossi. I think uh, there's going to be a real competition between him and Eck in training camp for most fit. Those guys are just fitness studs i loved watching uh michael rossi his dad post all the videos of him training during the summer and this guy's an animal like i think he really wants to try to make this team as quickly as he can he's gonna make the decision tough just because the center position for the wild is not good outside of eck uh, victor rask is nothing to write about nico sturm is fine but he's a fourth liner and then you have this hodgepodge of guys who could play center or wing like Freddie Gaudreau or Ryan Hartman, your old Chicago boy, who I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's from around and, here too. Yeah. And that's fine. But I think Rossi could really challenge for a spot and he rightfully should. Uh, he had a fantastic 200 foot game in both of his rookie tournament games. I remember in game two on Sunday, he lit up Lucas Reichel that ultimately turned into a goal for Baldy. So I, I think he's got a chance, and if he makes it, he should be playing with Boldy and Fiala. Fiala got uh, kind of left out to dry in terms of his linemates last year, and he, more than anyone on the team deserves a bit of an improvement. Yeah, you mentioned you know that center spot on the Minnesota Wild. It just made me think of a guy that's now on my team, Charlie Coyle. What do you think? Uh, there's an open spot for Boston in that second line center. Do you think he eventually will adapt into a top six center? Or a Big top news two? on Coyle today too. Don't forget. Did you see that? 
the What's news? Coyle's news? Coyle is like going to miss a little bit of time to start the season. Uh, right. That's tough. That I think tough. Uh, I've never been the biggest Charlie Coyle fan. I, I always want wanted him to see more out of him, while well, especially it was in Minnesota. Um, and I, you know, Jordan Greenway has a little bit of that now, which is scary because he could be something real nasty, but you don't always see it all the time. But going back to, you know, your Bruins, um, man, Charlie Coyle in the second line center spot is problematic. Like, I think if they were to do it, that's why they would trade for Jack Eichel or more likely Timo Meyer out of the, out of the Sharks. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's there's a spot that's open, and it's interesting to see who takes it. I I should I actually have a the what were they called last year? I'm drawing a blank. The uh, the retros, the, the reverse retros. retros. I have that's the one I got. I got a Charlie Coyle, one of those. You mean that one? Yeah, yeah. And so you got the Kareel there, but uh, um, yeah, I'm hoping he. It's just what you said. I'm hoping that you know he eventually just kind of opens up and is more consistent. He was great in the playoffs the first year against the Leafs. That he had an amazing series, but then like. Since then, you know, we're still waiting for the five million dollar Charlie Coyle that we have. <laughs> I have an update on Coyle. Oh, what's his update? It is he's limited to start training camp because he had offseason knee surgery. The hope is that Coyle will be able to join the main group on the ice next week and possibly be ready to go once the regular season starts. So I had the training camp and the regular season mixed up, but I'm I'm with you, Lake. When he was on the wild, and I used to be a lot more invested. I still I follow all 30 teams pretty closely, but I used to be like hardcore invested in the wild. And when he was like first coming up, it was like, this guy could score 30 if he like just figured it out. And then it never really came. And then they traded him to the Bruins for Donato. And then Donato never really even worked out either. I think he's with San Jose now. No, he's with, I think he just signed with um, Seattle. Yeah. He signed a 750. I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited to see that. Like what if he finally just breaks out with a brand new team like Seattle? Cause I'm looking for Carlson type deal. Yeah. (laughs) He did the opposite of Fiala after the deadline. He had a really good rest of his season when he got acquired and then just did nothing. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, Joel Erickson Eck is such a good player. And mm-hmm. it, it was kind of like a coming out party for him last year because when he was first drafted, it was like, okay, the Wild drafted this Erickson Eck kid out of Sweden, Sweden, right? Yep. And he kind of took a while. He kind of, I don't want to call him like he was getting into bus territory, but he certainly wasn't lighting things up like the rest of his draft mates. Um, well, it was the Austin Matthews draft. I believe so. The Connor got after him. I think it, it was, was the, I think it was the Matthews draft. Okay. So yeah, you got players like Matthews and Line and Pierre-Luc Dubois and all these players that were coming from that draft. And here comes Erickson X. So now if you add him in with Rossi, and Boldy and Kaprizov. There's just so much young talent there that they can really, they could really get this thing going. I think. Yeah, Eck had a fantastic year last year, and maybe it's just because he had the opportunity to play against some pretty bad California teams. But you saw him develop a scoring touch that he just never previously had. And in general, he's been a fantastic 200 foot center, really defensively sound. Uh, annoys the heck out of some players. Uh, Jack Eichel uh, assaulted him one game because of Yorick's and X just goofy face sometimes. Um, it sounds like this year, especially after his extension, he might get some time, especially starting a training camp uh, with Kaprizov, which I think is going to help his production as well. I like how they use him in a 200 foot role too. Like, didn't he get top five Selkie votes this season? He finished fourth. Yeah. That's really good. Mm-hmm. We were hoping for uh Yorick's and Selkie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lake, I need 100% honesty here. 
New Year's Day, Target Field, the Minnesota Wild versus St. Louis Blues. What do you think of those jerseys? Okay, so <laughs> it's a it's a it's a difficult thing because I like the green. Say you like them. Say you like them because I okay. love them. There's some things I love about them. There's some things I hate. First off, on the elbow where it looks like there's a band aid, that's ridiculous. And this chest stripe up here is a little wild too. Not Minnesota wild, just like weird. But no in general, I love like the Minneapolis with the state and the St. Paul. Like that's super cool. And I think in general, it's a decent look. It's just some weird design things. It's just touch it up or get rid of, especially this elbow thing. I can't get over how it looks like there's a Band-Aid. And they got to stop doing these uh, bronze or like these uh, tan breezers it didn't work for the dallas stars when they hosted theirs i don't think it's going to work for minnesota it's going to look silly uh the jersey itself though big fan do you plan on attending the game uh yeah especially because day before is going to be my 22nd birthday oh okay okay yeah Mm. so So your birthday is new year's eve yep oh what a celebration birthday represent yes sir let's go um, I really want to come to the game. I don't know if Joey's going to want to make I that. I would love to. It's not that far. I actually like really want to. Actually, really? Because I think that would be fun. Uh, we've the only part is like we've done it before, and we went to. Your team um, sucks ass when you decide to go to a game out of state. What? I was going to say New Year's Eve sucks ass. When exactly. You, like we, what did we? We stopped drinking at like twelve thirty. Like we had a good time at twelve thirty. All right, gotta gotta go because we got to wake up at six a.m. to drive to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Which I would do. I mean, obviously, like that was Bruins Hawks. Like we had to go to that one, but I feel like it would be even be even more of a pain. But I mean, that would be fun. I, we have the jerseys here. We're gonna put them up in a second here. Yeah, there they are. I'm just gonna go ahead and be honest with you, Lake. I can't stand them. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I understand that. I I don't know. Like when no, they like, first... tell him how you really feel. Like tell him he's an idiot. Those are sick. No, it's, I mean, like I'm I'm conflicted about it as well. I hate the chest stripe across the middle. Yeah, I, that I don't like the. That's a little strange. I don't I like the two that. stripes on the on the forearms there. I, I mean, the logo had potential if it was a little higher in place of the uh, thing. And I and again, I agree with you with what Dallas did. I don't like the tan. I mean, maybe it'll look cooler on the ice, but I mean, we'll see. I think St. Louis did. A very you know safe play and basic jersey yeah they've had that jersey for like four years as their alternate yeah exactly so what about about the c the c's i hate that that thing's got to be bigger like just get rid of the stripe and make the c bigger and like you could even do something different with the state and have it opposite of the c or any number of things yeah Yeah, it is very old school, especially with that tan look. I mean, maybe it'll be cool on the ice. I'm sure Camp Talbot will have some sick pads and a sick helmet to go with it. But I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe he'll go with like a tan. Yeah, I really like that. So, what was the Stadium Series game? It's Nashville versus someone. Is it? Uh, isn't it? Car- it's not Carolina, is it anymore? Is it Tampa? Oh it's yes, Tampa. you're right. It's the Lightning. Mm-hmm. It's the Lightning and the Predators at where the Titans play. That's one we might actually get to. That one I've worked on actually making that happen. But I would like to go on New Year's Day. And if we go on New Year's Day, we'll have to we'll have to get some in-person content with Lake. Oh, hopefully, sure. hopefully he'll be writing again by that point. I, I'm team I'm team get Lake writing again. Dude, school's tough. Oh, Being I, a senior's I'm, wild. Oh, I'm sure it is. Um, how did you get started with Fansided? Before uh, you 
Yeah, so my freshman year of uh, college, I didn't really have anyone I talked wild hockey with and I was a big fan of. So I was just looking for different outlets. Like I talked to SB Nation, applied there and got bounced just because they have a really good and full staff already. And I got mm -hmm. settled in with Fansighted. Um, but my site expert left after like four or five weeks. So I kind of learned it on the fly, especially that first season was a bit uh, not like tough, but just. It, it showed that I was new. And by the end of it, uh, I think I really had a good foothold, but I handed it off to some people who I think are going to do a fantastic job and have been doing a fantastic job with it. So I've no bad feelings at all with that. I, I'm very thankful for the experience they gave me. Absolutely. And you helped me grow a little bit of a wild following somewhat too. Like, you know, anytime I would tweet something related to the wild, I'd be sure to tag that account and help grow it myself. So I'm appreciative of that, and I'm appreciative of you coming on this show. Joe, do you have anything left for Lake before we take up too much of his time? Because we could just ramble on about the Wild all day long. Yeah, I mean, we could even ramble about other sports. I got to ask, are you a fan of the uh, – what other sports are you into? Are you a Twins fan? Are you going to yell skull right in my face? <laughs> I mean, I won't because they're 0-2, and if I did, I might miss wide left. So um, <laughs> I, I love football. I love basketball. I love – I'm a decent baseball fan. Um, I'm actually not originally from Minnesota. I'm from Arkansas. Oh, okay. So, yeah, wild connection. We just made a family move at some point up here. Uh, Baseball-wise, I'm a Royals fan. Football-wise, I'm a Chiefs fan. Uh, college, obviously, Minnesota and Oklahoma. Um, and then basketball, OKC Thunder, but they've been terrible, so it's fine. For sure. So you kind of got, like, the wild, like, and then – not Southern, but like heart of the country teams with the Chiefs and the Thunder and all that. Mm -hmm. Being a Chiefs fan has to be fun. I'm jealous. That must rule. It was. I mean, like, it, it's great now, but they were horrible for most of my life. Yeah, Same well, the, Royals. the Bears have been horrible for most of mine, and they're still horrible. They got to get rid of Nagy, man. <laughs> Yo, we know. We know. I mean, um, it's the same with Zimmer. Yeah. Give us a quick preview on minnesota golden gopher hockey because i know you're real into that and that we Absolutely. love college hockey i'm actually looking at my uh newspaper framed of the 2002 men's hockey championship against maine that's pretty cool is that um, when thomas vanek was on the team i might have been just before i think it was though i think it actually is him um i can't see his name but it's yeah, the most sure. crowd. i think he's on that team i think uh the gophers this year are gonna be very similar to what they were last year and they were dominant as well uh, they got into this weird trend where they would murder a team one night and absolutely get their doors blown off the next. And we're hoping for a bit more consistency this year. Uh, they didn't really lose anyone. I think uh, their best players this year is going to be on offense, Ben Myers, or again, Sammy Walker. And on defense, I think it's going to be Ryan Johnson. I think he's a stud defenseman. For sure. Maybe uh, me and Joey plan on going to a Michigan game so we could see Luke Hughes play with Owen Power and Matt Beniers and Kent Johnson. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that, Joseph? Yeah, that's the plan. Um, Lake, we can't thank you enough. Hey, thank you for giving me the chance to be on. I'm uh, more than happy to talk about my Minnesota Wild. Of course. We'll have you back on to discuss Wild throughout the season. That's my promise to you. And for those listening, make sure you follow at Small Body of Water on Twitter. The most creative twitter name in the history of twitter names and thank you again for coming on yeah thanks for having me of course and we would like to send everyone to a quick commercial break baseball at the barroom on Monday nights, get ready for the Friendly Confines Extra Innings. It's 30 minutes, it's clever, it's concise, and it's all Cubs coverage. 
That's followed by a killer White Sox show. South Burbs Hitmen. Then on Thursday afternoon, it's Cubs and Sox opinions and analysis with Crosstown Crosstalk. Baseball at the barroom. Join us live and or on demand. He says, I wonder where you guys might rank Billy Donovan amongst the East's coaches. Ooh. This is yeah. tough. I I would say not super highly, actually. Like if we if we run through the, the playoff teams in the East, right? They were, you know, Nets, Bucks, Hawks, Sixers, um He's not high. <laughs> Celtics. No, I think where he would rank highest is if we were talking about like a defensive coach, like you know schematics, you know uh, ATOs. He's not going to rank that high. I think he's in the top, definitely in the top half of the league in defensive coaches. And I think so. Salim says he's better than Doc Rivers. I think I would probably <laughs> okay. Maybe that's a hot take for me, but I think he's better than Doc Rivers. I've never been impressed with Doc Rivers as a coach, especially. welcome to period number two we would like to thank lake so much for coming on that was a great interview with some pretty good minnesota wild content don't you think yeah absolutely and then uh you know we had some good people in the chat chiming in talking about the jerseys i couldn't agree with santiago Morris saying these are hideous um yeah i don't know how that's gonna look on the ice those winter classic but i mean that was an awesome interview with lake uh he knows his stuff he knows about that team he loves that team which is what I like to see, I like talking with people who are just as passionate about their teams as I am. So that was awesome stuff. Absolutely. So period number two, I want to lock into a couple of Chicago Blackhawks things, and then we have a, an, a retirement thing. Jonathan Taves, according to a report from Mark Lazarus, has been nothing but positive as far as his conditioning during his informal workouts. And then Lazarus is later informative saying, in fact, Three people in and around the team have told me that he looks particularly strong. Quote, he's absolutely jacked, one person told him. Ripped. Your thoughts on Taser? Yeah, he, he contacted me and asked for my training program, so I just gave it to him a little bit last year. So he's been training with my methods. What'd you tell him? I told him secret. <laughs> I can't tell you. Calories out versus calories in? Cal- calories in, yeah. Risk calories out. Yeah, same thing. Oh. Would um, you? No. That's exciting news. If he is stronger, more conditioned, which you know he's had a lot of time off, and yeah, he was dealing with a lot of medical issues and and health stuff. But uh, as long as he's exactly fine, the way he's saying he's fine, there's no reason that he hasn't probably he probably has been working his ass off to be better than he was when he left. So I'm honestly like. I would start getting excited to watch this guy play hockey. I'm so excited to watch Taves. And just to the little cherry on top is going to be that there's going to be fans there for opening night. And that place is going to erupt 
when that when they do the opening lineups and the opening rosters for their home opener and they say your cat it's going to be last oh i'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. it's going to be last it's going to be like, your captain number 19 you know Jonathan, and then that building is going to be probably a good two minute applause for that man and i'm so excited for it Jonathan Taves is everything that every other sports fan in this city, and most people, Chicago's a great, great sports town. Everybody loves every team. Jonathan Taves, along with Patrick Kane, is what the every other team wants their best players to become. We want Justin Fields to have that same aura as Jonathan Taves. We want Luis Robert and Yoan Moncada and Eloy Jimenez to reach that pinnacle. Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez did, and that's why their farewell was what it was in terms of emotion. Um, you know, there are people on the Bulls. I don't know if Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan are going to reach that with Zach Levine. We want them to reach that pinnacle. But Jonathan Taves is a three-time champion. He has helped this city. I mean, him and Kane are right there. They're right below Jordan and Pippen, I would say, for like most helping Chicago sports, the scene. And so I agree with you. The second that they announce his name, knowing what he's gone through, knowing what he's done in the past, it's going to be sick. Now, in a follow-up to that tweet, Lazarus brings up an NBA-style load management as a suggestion. Would you consider something like that? Absolutely not. Not if he's especially feeling more conditioned and stronger than before. I think his health is is at 100%. I truly believe him. He wouldn't be coming back at this point in his career if it wasn't. So, you know, let him do whatever he wants. And, and I believe that's going to be running this team as a top line center. It wouldn't surprise me if early on in the season, though, he maybe didn't play a back-to-back. I, I no, I would be surprised. You look at load management in hockey, it's a lot different. Like if you're playing the game, you're gonna be he's gonna be the top line center. He's gonna be on the top power play. Like this is Jonathan Taves, he's your captain. I don't see him even being healthy scratched for load management. I don't see that with this guy. Okay, so if you were Jeremy Colleton, how would you manage him? Taves, you're back. You're you're our guy. You're our number one center, and let's let's roll. That's what I'm doing. Okay, so that was going to bring me into my next question. Then we could just kind of blend these two people together in terms of conversation. Kirby Doc, do you think Taves is the number one center going into the season over Kirby Doc right away? First game, plays the most minutes out of all the centers? Yes, I do. Uh, yeah, it's been a while for Taves, but he's been there, done that. I, I, I believe, you know, the last time we saw him play, he was like very productive. It, Jonathan Taves hasn't always been known throughout his career for putting up a, like a bunch of points, but he was kind of doing that before the last time we saw him, especially in the bubble. Uh, Kirby Doc still has a lot to work on, a lot to grow into to be a professional hockey player. He has the skill, and it's going to happen, but you can't just throw him in that role now. Jonathan Taves is the number one center on this team. Yeah, and I highly encourage people to go to www.dowindycity.com slash Blackhawks because you will find the most two recent articles on there are about Kirby Doc's development being a huge key to the Chicago Blackhawks' success this season and Jonathan Taves' report on him being back and better than ever. It always seems like guys in training camp, they always, oh, best shape of my life, best shape of my life. Aaron Rodgers, best shape of my life. With Taves, it, it feels like something that's actually notable and not just like a thing you say. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So, Doc, Taves, they're each going to have a fair complement of wingers to their disposal. 
is there a specific way you would line them up or are you kind of waiting to see how training camp rolls out? I would wait to see how training camp rolls up because there's going to be guys. I well, wait to- obviously, number 88 is a big yeah. But I want to address, you know, Scott said he said something earlier in the chat, too, while we were talking with um with Lake. But Lucas Riekel, I am a firm believer. He has a very realistic chance to make this team. Maybe, so may- maybe not directly out of camp. He is going to play with the Chicago Blackhawks this year. And once he gets that chance, I'm hoping there's no turning back for this kid because that that's going to be huge. A good German winger like that. He is a winger, right? Yeah. And, you know, with the centers that the team has, Daily Faceoff has Johnson projected to play wing. I don't see it. I think Johnson will be the third line center. And, of course, Kirby Doc and Jonathan Taves will either be one and two, and no matter how you slice it. Do you know, like, what what numbers align the way you write it down on the pregame sheet or who gets the most minutes? Because I do think there will be games where Kirby Doc's line gets more minutes than Taves' line. There are factors that go into it. There's penalty kill. There's power play. There's all sorts of things. But five on five, I think if Kirby Doc gets Patrick Kane, which I ultimately think will be the case, that could be the top line. Quotes, top line. Yeah, I agree with that. Only if, like, it's hard to even say what these lines are going to look like. Do, like, is Kirby Doc going to be with Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrinkett? Who knows? Is Are they going to start Jonathan Taves with Patrick Kane to, you know, try to work him back into, you know, playing with someone as offensively skilled as Patrick Kane is? Where is Tyler Johnson going to fit in? Is he going to be a winger? If he's a winger, maybe he'll play with Taves. Who knows? Honestly, like... There's a million possibilities, and that's what this training camp is for. And that's what's exciting about it going on right now and seeing them slowly trim down the roster, kind of shape things up a little bit as we get preseason games underway. I agree with you. I would leave Johnson at center. I think you would too. I would too, but I don't know. The deviation of Debrinka and Kane is going to be interesting. The only reason I'm thinking Patrick Kane will end up with Kirby Doc Taves and Kane have only played with each other five on five for a full season once. And it was 2018, 19. Yeah, it was 2018, 19 when Jonathan Taves had a career high in points and actually so did Patrick Kane, believe it or not. So I still think Kane is a top 15 player in the NHL. Oh, I would, I mean, 15 is even a little low. I, Patrick Kane NHL, is capable. NHL. Uh, network had him at 11. They came out yeah, with I their top that. 50 players. And Kane was 11. Wasn't pasta 12. Yeah, I don't agree with that. Yeah, I also, there's a lot of stuff. I, I don't Dave, know. David Pasternak at this point, I'm not saying he will, don't get offended people. I'm not saying he will reach Patrick Kane's pinnacle in his career. Right now in 2021, I think you'd be a fool not to take David Pasternak over everyone except like six people. Yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. he's he's going to be better than a lot of people (laughs) i wouldn't lock it in that he's better than kane because i think kane's too low on the list too it's close they're very good there's a lot of beef i have with some of the ratings that have come out and rank that's why i don't really put much you know i don't really look into them too much but here i am being mad about them every time i see them it's impossible to not see when you're when you follow as much shit as i do about this league um even in nhl 22 it made me laugh that he wasn't even in the top 10 for hardest slap shot power for ratings. Was he for accuracy? Of... No, accuracy he was. He was okay, like, yeah, like... who cares? Power? Yeah, what do you think? They're going to put him in like over slap... Shea Weber? 
Shea Weber probably was. Austin Matthews had a better, has a harder slap shot in that stupid game than he does. He might in real life. Austin Matthews doesn't even take slap shots. Yeah, We're I talking mean, slap shot power. You got David Pasternak. This guy, since the 2017-18 season, David Pasternak is one goal behind Alex Ovechkin for leading the league in power play goals. Yeah. I understand that Matthews does have more of a wrist shot. I do think if Matthews took a slap shot more, and I'm I don't want to get into another Matthews debate with you. I'm Matthews debated with Joey out, but the, the, the debate is Pasta versus Matthews, and I see Pasta's going to have more goals than him. He's got a hard no. Shot. He might. Uh, Matthews has a better wrist shot than everyone, except maybe Ovechkin or Stamkos. Like no, I would give it to Matthews, but I just think his wrist shot, shot is so good that he lays off the slap shot a lot. He like never takes slap shots, dude. I can think of a couple times where he has. Okay. I have, I actually have one in particular in my mind, but it's it, against the Rangers and it tied the game with like seven seconds left. All right, but if you like think of an Austin Matthews goal, like there's a lot of like wrist shots and you know. Yeah, and then cool you like you, you, think Ovi, you think of the slap shot in the. If off, you think right? of a pasta goal, it's it's a, most likely a one timer, like. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, back to Patrick Kane and with Jonathan Taves. <laughs> I actually would try. Kane with Doc only because I think Doc's development is key. Taves isn't developing anymore. I know he's coming back from a whole year off and whatnot, but I mean, it's Taves. Guy's a legend. They're like a Hall of Fame, retire his number, potentially build a statue type player. I'm not really worried about him driving a line. Like he could play with Kubalik and Strom and be fine. Give Debrinket and Kane to Doc so you can get Doc to Taves' level. Yeah, I also don't think there's going to be much of like. Yeah, he hasn't played in a while, but I don't really think there's like this is a veteran in the league who is a generational talent in Jonathan Taves. I don't think there's going to be much of a rust issue. I think he'll be able to come in and just play with Kubalik and maybe Dylan Strom. Let's say those are his two wingers. I think he'll be able to just kind of come right in. And yeah, you can't replicate in-game NHL action in training camp, but I think, you know, a week into the season or so, like Jonathan Taves will be the Jonathan Taves that he was a year ago. Yeah, for sure. And I hope that's the case. Uh, I'm not really worried about him. I just think, as I mentioned before with the article, Doc Doc playing to like his ceiling this year, not his ceiling in his career, but his ceiling this year, is pivotal to the Chicago Blackhawks being a playoff contender. Yeah, 100%. And I don't think they're deep enough to not have every single one of their players be at their best. No, they need doc to continue developing like you just said and maybe not reach a ceiling but you know getting better yeah he was dealing with injuries last year but they also need i look at jonathan taves this year as a as an acquisition from last year's team and yeah. doc, like they didn't if, when you're getting guys who are, were already on your roster but they weren't playing for you it's kind of you can look at that as okay they just acquired these guys on top of like tyler johnson all the you know the couple of the few defensemen that they acquired so there's some big additions in this lineup, and I think it's going to help this team. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, leaning away from the Blackhawks a little bit here. There's Travis, there's a few, huh? There's a few little topics that we'll, we're going to cover right here. Yeah, Travis Zajac, one of my all-time favorite players. I loved watching Travis Zajac. I used him in NHL 09. I used to always trade for him when we used to do those little leagues. He announces his retirement after 15 NHL seasons. He finishes off with 203 career goals, 349 assists for 552 points 
This was a player who had a 51.2 career percent Corsi 4, meaning when he was on the ice, the team he was playing for was significantly better for it. He was an elite defensive matchup centerman in his prime, and the numbers show it. And then he was into his 30s. He was a pretty good defensive matchup center. From your point of view, what did you think of Travis Zajac through the years? Yeah, he's very quiet, under-the-radar, sneaky good center who was reliable in his own zone especially um, and just always a New Jersey devil. Is that did he Was he drafted by Jersey? Yep. And then he only played with the Islanders last year, was the first team he parted ways with? Yep. And okay. he was taken in that crazy 4 draft where Ovechkin went first and Malkin went second. If you were to redo that draft, I was looking at it. If you were to redo that draft, Zajac would probably go fifth. He went like later in the first round. He'd probably go fifth. I, I think Blake Wheeler and David Krejci would go ahead of him. And then I'm, I'm taking Zajac fifth. Like he was that good in his prime. Yeah. Uh, and not a lot of people even like think about him as being an elite centerman, but he, he was. He always was a top six guy for you know the prime of his career. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised one bit if Jersey, you know, sends number 19 into the rafters just for the stuff he brought to that team. Not necessarily, he's not, he's not a hall of famer, but the success that he was able to bring the New Jersey devils and the passion that he brought to them. Wouldn't be surprised one bit if number 19 goes in the rafters. Yeah. I always thought of Zajac as like a diet Taves or diet Bergeron. He played just like them, but he just wasn't as good offensively. But one thing I will say, when he had offensive wingers that knew how to drive a line, he was awesome. Like, Bergeron drives his own line, so playing with someone like Pasternak and Marchand makes the line elite. Zajac doesn't have that, didn't have that offensive, like, superstardom. But if he played with wingers like Kovalchuk or Parisi in his prime, they were, they were really, really good. Yeah, couldn't agree more. So he's one of the all-time great Devils. I think he's their fourth all-time leading scorer. So I don't know if they're going to retire his number just because I, of... I think they will. Because we'll of what? Because of the, the million numbers they have hanging from... They have five. Exactly. And only one of them are a forward. Some teams have like 16. But none of them are non-Stanley Cup champions. You don't always need a cup, I mean... No, I think if you don't have a cup, you need to be like one of those all-time. Patrick Elias won a cup with them, right? Two. Oh, he, he was that early? Yeah. I don't know. Um, a few, you know, things. We already talked about Kirill's uh, extension. Yeah. We got pretty down and dirty about Kirill with Lake earlier in the show. If you missed it, you could go back and check it out. There's been a few, though. Alex Galchenyuk was signed to a professional tryout with the Coyotes. Yep, his old his old team. Uh, he's played kind for of. like six teams in the past year. Or something yeah, like that. it's crazy. His new um, nickname is going to be Suitcase. Yeah, um, or the the Journeyman. That's what they called uh, Dominic Moore. Yeah, he played for like everyone. Um, Elvis Merzlikens was extended five years for an annual of five point four mil. Uh, who also quick note he swore that he's going to win the Vezina this year for. Uh... In honor of his good friend, Kim yeah, Black. who uh, also Pierre-Luc Dubois, I don't know if you saw, switched to number 80 for the Winnipeg Jets in honor of him as well. So there'll be some emotional stuff going on this year. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin signed a bridge deal, $3 million for an annual average of $6 million. 
I don't know if you saw that. Mm-hmm. And then goaltender Cal Peterson, a three-year extension with the Los Angeles Kings. So some interesting stuff throughout the league. Also, as we talked about the Arizona Coyotes, did you see what do you think about their announcement with their jerseys? The white Kachinas? And the fact that that's their logo now. Kachina is the Arizona Coyotes' primary logo. Oh, I missed that. So what's their home jersey going to be? The black Kachina. What about the purple one? I really like the purple one. I don't know. Kachina is their primary logo now. I I love it. I love it. I don't... You don't? I don't love that it's their primary logo. I I think the white jerseys are awesome. I'm not going to sit here and say I like that it's their primary logo because... You just took away the coolness of it being worn. No. It was so cool. Like, oh, they're wearing their Kachina jerseys. Like, Saturday night, they're wearing them. But now it's every game. Now it's not cool anymore. No, I disagree. They have a cool logo. They have a top-tier NHL logo now. Yeah, why, but it, like, why, why keep the old one that wasn't really cool just to, like, say that the other one is only on the weekends or something? Because it makes it more valuable when when it is being. Worn. I don't know. I think there's so much more they could do with it. I'm not gonna lie. The white one out of the three Kachina jerseys is my least favorite, and I'm really? a white jersey guy. I just I think, I think it's more of a testament to how much I love the black ones and how much I love the purple ones. I want to get a biz purple one really bad. I wouldn't be surprised if the pur- purples are alternate. We'll see what they do. But that is I, yeah. I, I'm I interested to see what happens with reverse retro. The, I don't know if you remember the reverse retros were announced last season, like during training camp. So just because nothing's been announced yet about third jersey projects from Adidas doesn't mean that nothing else is happening at this point. I'll be a little mad if the reverse retros from last year are just gone. Yeah, I would too. Because like, I, I didn't even get a chance to buy a Devils one yet because they weren't on the freaking website. I have a sweatshirt that almost looks identical to the jersey, but... I'll be very mad at Adidas in the NHL for just stealing my money and... Yeah, I wore the Charlie Coyle jersey a lot. Probably that, you know, the reverse retro, they actually brought some good memories. You know, they play, they wore those in the Lake Tahoe game. You'll always think of them as like the pandemic jerseys too. <laughs> yeah, or I could just kind of lump them in with like a Lake Tahoe jersey. You think about like when your team plays in a winter classic, like for me, the Bruins played at Lake Tahoe and they wore those jerseys against the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, I just remember like early before the season started in early 2021, late 2020, and they started like leaking these uh, reverse retro jerseys. It started to make me feel good again. Like, Oh, hockey's almost back. We're getting through this. And I know the pandemic is far from over or anything like that. But like the one thing in our life that we have is sports and seeing the, the league come back last season with those reverse retros was cool. So I always hold those as a special place in my heart, just for how good they made me feel. Even if you thought they were ugly as shit, I just thought like, oh, hockey's almost back. Like the Flames with their cool one. I forget the name of the Flames logo. They have like a name for it. It's actually really cool. Um, Fire C? No, it's not the Fire C. It was like the dinosaur. Not a dinosaur. Oh, yeah, yeah, I could picture it. It was like a moose or something and had flames coming out of its butthole or something. Yeah. Um, We mentioned a couple players last show, free agents that were still available. James Neal signed a professional tryout with the St. Louis Blues. Um, the real and my, deal. And my guy, my captain, one of my forever captains, Zidane Chara, just like last year, signs literally the week before training camp starts with your New York Islanders. My New York Islanders. Your New York Islanders. Not my New York Islanders. I don't, I hate them. Love Chara. So, his original team. This is his original team, which is cool. He this put, is cool. 
posted a picture on Instagram or Instagram or Twitter, whatever, one of the two of his old New York Islanders jersey that he used to wear. And he said still fits or something like that, which is really cool. Are they my second favorite team right now? I'm sorry if they are, because they are going to win the cup. Are annoying. <laughs> They're a cup contender. Yeah, as much as I hate to admit it. We'll probably preview the Metropolitan Division next week, but are you ready to preview the Central Division? Oh, I am. So for that, we would like to send you to period number two. Three. Three. It's a good thing one of us is on our toes. I don't know how to count. What do I look like? Clearly not a math guy. The Central Division is the home of most people watching this, I would assume, are probably Blackhawks fans. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll run a poll. Do you watch Bar Down? What team are you a fan of? And just have people reply. Um, in the Central Division, the Chicago Blackhawks, Colorado Avalanche, Dallas Stars, Winnipeg Jets, Nashville Predators, Minnesota Wild, and the Arizona Coyotes. This graphic on the screen is the one from last year with the realignment. Um, the Arizona Coyotes join the Central Division as a result of the Seattle Kraken joining the Pacific. We previewed the Pacific last week. You can check that out on the Barroom Network's social pages. What do you think of this division overall? Um, it's a toss-up between the worst division. <laughs> what? I uh, Top-heavy. I'm talking top-heavy. The playoff teams from every other division are better than the playoff teams from this division. That's that's what I feel. That's It's the deepest division. Okay. The playoff teams that are going to make it are not as good as the playoff teams from other divisions. It's the way I feel. I, I agree with that, but it's the best division. I guess as a whole, maybe, but I mean, We're I don't know. Best maybe to the Atlantic. If you're comparing the bottom teams in the division to the other bottom teams in other divisions, that's yeah, how you but... look at divisions as a whole. Who, okay, well, what, what best team? And Colorado's better than almost everyone. That's what I'm saying. I was just going to say, I feel like it goes Colorado, and then there's a huge gap between every other team. Whereas in the Pacific that we already talked about, you, you know, you got Vegas. I think Seattle is going to be good, and I think Edmonton's going to be good. They're not going to be better than half the teams in the Central. The Pacific's easily the worst. Edmonton would not make the playoffs if they were in the Central Division. And I think they're coming in second. I don't know. You don't know that. You don't know how the Stars are going to do. You don't know how the The, the, the thing do. with Edmonton that's stupid to say is McDavid can make anyone look dumb. You just There's a lot of question marks with a lot of these teams. and It's just the way I feel. Okay, so who do you, you have Colorado winning it, I assume? I have Colorado winning the President's Trophy. I'll just go ahead and say that now. I'm so high on Colorado again. They are so fucking good. You think Colorado is going to win the President's Trophy? Yes. I mean, I would roast you, but I can't say like I disagree. I just that's a bold claim in mid September. It's well, bold, I mean, it's bold to pick a division, let alone a President's Trophy winner. You got to have one team that you're going into the season that you just think is the best team. All right, and you think it's Colorado? I, I think they're top three. Like, it could go any way. And then, after Colorado, Florida. I... No, Florida cannot. If, if, 
Tampa is going to be better than Florida and Boston is going to be better than Florida. Maybe. Um, right under Colorado, I kind of, I think Lake said it. I agree with him in that the Winnipeg Jets are going to be, you know, quietly really good. They have the best goaltender in this division. So they're your sleeper? I guess if you want to call it sleeper. I don't, I don't know if it's a sleeper to everyone else because would it really surprise you if Winnipeg was good? No, I would. They're one of my teams making it. They're not my sleeper. They're just a team I have making it. Yeah. My division um, winner, well, I have written down winner and sleeper. My winner is obviously Colorado. And then, yeah, my sleeper, I'll get into my sleeper in a minute. I'm assuming you have Colorado as well as your winner. You have President's Trophy winner. Go ahead. Give me your sleeper. My sleeper is the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay, same. So I absolutely same. I think the Chicago Blackhawks are going to be, you know, far and away better than last year. Um, I even said that before some of the moves that they made. And then honestly, Flurry committing to playing the season, having a one two punch with uh, Lincoln in, I think it's going to be awesome. Then they, they get Seth Jones. Doc is healthy. Taves is back. Tyler Johnson is a good depth guy. We already talked, you know, a lot about this team. I think that it is a playoff team and it's not going to be a wild card playoff team. Do you think the Blackhawks are better than Colorado? No. St. Louis. I think they could be better than St. Louis. Yes. Dallas. I, it's going to come down to, Chicago taking that wild or that division spot from the Dallas Stars. Okay. Winnipeg. Yes. They're going to get that second division spot. Winnipeg is. Yeah. So you think they're better than the Hawks? Yes. I do think Winnipeg will be better than the Hawks. Hawks or Coyotes? The Hawks. Hawks or Nashville? The Hawks. Hawks or Minnesota? I. It's going to be a battle between Minnesota and Dallas. That's what I, that's what I think. If I'm okay, gonna... you think all three make the postseason? Because I know we argued about Vancouver last week in the Pacific, and that's why we kind of au- called an audible and talked about the Central Division this week, so we could bounce off our discussion from the Pacific last week. Do you have in front of me, in front of you, like what I had for the Pacific? Sure do. Just gotta go back a little bit. I know these papers can be a little noisy sometimes. Sorry about that if they are. I believe I had Vegas, Edmonton, Seattle. Yep. And then just one wild card. I had Vancouver. You had Vancouver. I had no wild cards. Okay. I am going to agree with that. If Vancouver can figure it out with their guys, if Quinn Hughes gets a contract, if Pedersen gets a contract, which by the way, I told you earlier, Pedersen, I don't know how true this is very, you know, out in the blue source. Pedersen apparently was seen leaving Vancouver, which is, you know, is going to raise questions as we're starting training camp. Uh, this dude's Especially looking- since he's not from North America. Yeah, like, where, that, where are you going? Fucking put on your skates, buddy, and go to training camp. <laughs> um, I don't know how true that is, but if, if they if he doesn't play, they are absolutely screwed. They're not going to make the playoffs. Then you're looking at all five, you know, playoff teams coming from the the central. So I mean, I'm going to stick with Vancouver because I'm confident they're going to get a deal done. Pedersen's going to have you know 80 points. Quinn Hughes could easily put up 70 points as a defenseman. Brock Besser's going to be scoring. You know, I, I'm kind of feeling good about that team uh so i'm gonna stick with them and i guess i'll give that last wild card spot then to the minnesota wild over the dallas so you have colorado winnipeg chicago 
Chicago, and then Minnesota. Min. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go take it a step further. I got Colorado. I got Colorado, Minnesota, Chicago, Winnipeg, and I'm going to give the St. Louis Blues a playoff spot and See, not I Dallas do. and not Dallas. I want to do the same thing with Dallas over Vancouver, but like I'm sticking with Vancouver, but you know, I won't I wouldn't be surprised one bit if if Dallas gets that that last spot. Me either. I, I like like I said, I think the Central's throwing five teams to the playoffs to the Pacific's three. I just do. Because yeah. the Blues added Brandon Saad. They have O'Reilly. Bennington's a great goalie. They were pretty good last year. I don't know. I just think the Blues are just like always there. Tori Krug, Colton Pareko. Uh, I don't know. Vladimir Tarasenko, full season of him. I still don't like Tori Krug playing with Justin Falk. I never no, will like no, it. Hopefully, that's, what, that's what's going to happen, and that's what's going to be a liability out there. You think that's just like a foregone conclusion that those two are going to play defense together? Yeah, they did like all year last year. Yeah, I mean, it must have worked to some degree. They made the playoffs, right? Yeah. Yeah, they lost. Did they lose to the Wild? No, no the Wild played Vegas. Did they lose yeah. to Colorado? I don't know. Um, Dallas is another team that could just be sneaky good, though. Yeah, because Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan could randomly turn it on. They could start off, you know, good. Yeah, well, that was the issue last year. If they would have started off even just 500, they probably would have made the playoffs over Nashville. Yeah. We both agree Nashville stinks. Yeah, I think Nashville is... I mean... Yeah, they're like one of the better stinky teams in the league, though, which is part yeah. of the reason and I think. What I mean by you know looking at this division as a whole is, yeah, okay, from top to bottom, it's a group of you know decent, good teams. The only team that sucks ass is the Coyotes. Okay, but what I mean by that is it's a group of like good teams. Whereas I look at the Atlantic or the Metro, those top three teams are in elite, the divisions like are top all 10. top teams you look yeah. at the atlantic you have a handful with the bruins the lightning your florida panthers and the toronto maple leafs that's a you know a very top heavy half like those are four elite teams that i mentioned where you look at the central and you got the colorado avalanche is one of those elite teams and then just a bunch of like you know mediocre teams yeah that's what i mean by the that. wild and the blackhawks and the jets could prove to be those teams they could but there's a lot of what ifs to go into that yeah, this is pure going into the season. I think the Metropolitan Division's the same way. Washington is probably like that only elite, elite team. And then Pittsburgh, New York, New Jersey, the other New York, Philly, what? Oh, Carolina. Washington, Carolina, and the Islanders are all three elite. They could yeah. all win the cup next year, and I would not be a bit surprised. I forgot about Carolina. And the Islanders. Yeah, the Islanders too. But the, like you're right. So the Rangers, the Devils. Um I guess you can make an argument. Penguins. You can make a better argument for the Pacific being that way, where you have the Vegas Golden Knights as that elite team, and then it's kind of a drop off. But I'm not gonna say that because I think so highly of Seattle. I think Seattle's gonna do great things in their first year. And Edmonton, you I'm not gonna I'm not taking against the regular season works of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. So who are the key players for you in this 
central division of ours? The key players in the division as a whole? Yeah. Obviously, I'll go with, you know, the arguably the best line in hockey. Which Nathan has, Mc... the, really quick, the best player in this division. Yes, the best player in this division and the best line, arguably, in the entire league, Nathan McKinnon, flanked by Gabriel Landeskog and Miko Rantanen over in Colorado. And then you look to your Chicago Blackhawks with the healthy Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Alex Dabrinkit, and hopefully an improved Kirby Doc. Is Pat Kane the second best player in the division? I would say so. I think he is. Yeah. Um, Dallas, you look at some of you know their superstars. Wouldn't be surprised one bit if they take that wild card spot or even a division spot. Like we're previewing the season 82 games before they play before it's decided. Um, and obviously Winnipeg after Mike Mark Shifley serves his suspension a whole year with Pierre Luc Dubois, um, Blake Wheeler, Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers is going to be healthy. I would say uh, those are some top guys to look out for in the Winnipeg Jets. I agree. That's probably uh, there are some really good players in this division. Did you mention Kirill? I I didn't mention Kirill, but obviously you know Kirill. Kirill Kaprizov could end up being one of the three or four best players in the division as a whole as well, and I I think that is what elevates the Wild. You you did have the Wild making it, yeah, you did fourth. Yeah, it's 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 got some good teams in it. I have the wild, but like like I said, if either Vancouver doesn't make it or Dallas is better than Minnesota, I wouldn't be surprised either way. I wish I can pick. We should be able to pick 10 teams to make the playoffs and then so you get a little bit of leeway. But eight make it, you buffoon. I know the eight make it, but I'm saying for our predictions, like, okay, if you if, if eight of your 10 made it, then you win. Yeah, no. That's no. Don't, don't call me a buffoon. Don't you have to get mean. People, you I, wonder why people call you the mean one. I am mean. Um, when we're done with our season predictions, though, we will recap, and we do reserve the right to change based on signings and injuries and whatnot. But we will have our season ending or our season starting playoff teams. We'll probably write some tweets and then put the tweets into the show. Do you get what I'm saying? Like you know how I do it every year on the eve of hockey, Mary hockey Eve. And I write the teams I think are going to make the playoffs. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. The central division is really good. I'm excited to see the Blackhawks compete in it. I'm going to try and make it my goal. My early season goal in baseball was to see the white Sox play against every team in their division. I saw that and more this season. I kind of want to do that with the Hawks. I want to see them play against each one of their division rivals at least once. I have a feeling we're going to go to the United center a lot, like almost as much. Obviously there's only 41 games opposed to 80, 81 games in baseball. So we have 41 games to choose from. We're obviously going to be going to two games in March when the New Jersey devils and Boston Bruins make their way over to the UC. Um, but I'm with you. I want to, there's a lot of teams that I want to go see. I believe there's tentative plans for Seattle too. That's been in the works. Um, yeah, yeah I kind of want to go to opening night, so I'm going to see what I can do to make that happen. It'll be a little easier with some of those Western conference teams. You know, do you get to play them? way more often opposed to those Eastern conference guys that, you know, we're, what do you, whether you want to agree or not, we're East coast guys. There's a lot of players in that East Eastern conference 
that we love and that we want to see. We only have one chance to do that this year. So, yeah, um, I want to see the Islanders when they come to town. It'll be one of my few times having the ability to see ZP play. Um, I'm really looking forward. I want to see Edmonton in person because for those who've never been to a hockey game, you watch it on TV and you think to yourself, holy shit, those guys are fast as hell. When you go in person, you realize that TV does nothing for the sport. Oh, I know. Nothing. We've never seen Connor McDavid in person, which is insane. No. I mean, he doesn't play particularly close. Edmonton is one of the farthest destinations in the NHL from Chicago. Yeah, but and it, depending on how the schedule works out, he'll either play here twice or or drawing a blank on how many times you play other. Yeah, I don't know how it was impacted by the Olympic schedule either. Things have changed, but. Well, it's still the same CBA. So if things are back to normal, they'll play every Eastern Conference team twice, one in each arena. And then you'll have five five or six game series with your division teams. Yeah. And then three games with your other division in your conference. Yeah. So, so like probably play, would be the Pacific. Yeah. So they'll probably play Edmonton three times throughout the season. And it just as two at home, one on the road, or vice versa. Exactly, it's a toss up for that. Yeah, interesting. Did you see this little stat on the bottom about November thirteenth, the day you die to me? That's funny that that uh, that we're showing that because I was actually looking at tickets. There's a game on November fourteenth. I believe the Bruins play the Montreal Canadiens in Boston. Uh, I was looking. You know, I want to go to a game. Obviously, I, last time I went. It was in early November, so I was looking at that, you know, week, and I thought that would be. I was actually going to see, you know, if that's something you'd be interested in to watch that Jersey game in Boston, or I don't know, if it depends how much money you wanted to spend, and then go to the Bruins Canadians game the next day. But I don't know. that's I was actually looking. I I almost have the schedule like locked down. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I have a lot of work coming up with fan-sided for hockey so make sure you're following along with that i got to get the schedule a little more down pat as well before we go i want to talk to you about a little bit of football because it's a little easier to talk about it on this show right now while there's no hockey then you know once hockey starts we'll fit it into the baseball show a little more as that winds down there we'll always find time for a little football tom brady is a dog one time this season, and it's this weekend against the Los Angeles Rams. What do you think of that? Um, is it in Tampa or is it in L- it's in LA, right? Yeah. Um, I mean the Rams are good, so I guess no, no, it makes sense. I'm not disrespecting yeah, the opponent, but to me that just screams you know value on Tom. Yeah, for sure. Maybe. I I am gonna bet the Bucks. Yeah, I mean that's just how are you going to not you know take advantage of Tom being plus if you're a gambler like go ahead and you know if there's what is it? it's got to be it's got to be low. The last time I bet on Tom as a dog, I won a lot of money because he won our seventh ring. Yeah, so that wouldn't surprise yeah. me one bit. Yeah. Another, uh, I, I guess I really shouldn't say it. you should look at it every week because I don't even know who they play. I'm all in on the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> Derek Carr is 
awesome. And anyone who doesn't give him the respect of a top quarterback that he deserves, Derek Carr is phenomenal. He's a top 15 quarterback? No, he's better than top 15. Is he better than Patrick Mahomes? We're not going to go through – I'm not going through 15 quarterbacks. I he's, wouldn't want to if I were you either. He's a, he's a top 10 quarterback. Is he better than Patrick Mahomes? No. Is he better than Lamar Jackson? Maybe. Get the – all right, I'm <laughs> done. I'm done. I'm, maybe I don't want to go through it with – Lamar, Lamar Jackson, Jackson won an MVP at 23 years old. Lamar Jackson isn't even the second best quarterback in the league. He's not. No, he's not the second best, but he's top five. I could think of two quarterbacks who I would rather add my team than Lamar Jackson. Who? Kyler Murray. Don't even give me that face with that, Kyler. Go ahead. Justin Herbert. All right, I'm done with you. Tom Brady. Those guys. Okay, Tom Brady. I'll accept. Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray are awesome. Top 10, maybe even like top seven, top eight. Kyler Murray's Lamar a Jackson. Three. I'm just going to go ahead and say that right now. Kyler Murray's a top three quarterback in the NFL. I can't believe what I'm hearing with you. How Lamar do you Jackson, argue that? Did you watch Monday Night Football? I don't give a fuck about Monday Night Football. Do you Have you watched any little bit of Kyler Murray this year? Yeah, he's diet Lamar Jackson. Diet. He's like the second odds favorite to win MVP after two weeks. Because he's awesome. I'm he not denying Tom Brady. Lamar Jackson is a super duper star. He is an MVP. He already and, has an MVP. Kyler Murray you know why his it? odds might not be that high? Because he already has one. And Kyler at Murray 23 is years old. At, t- at 23 years old. It doesn't matter. So you're... Well, guys, five minutes for fighting. So you're going just based off of you know what's already happened, not what can happen. And Kyler I just Murray, watched, I just watched Lamar Jackson put on a super show on Monday night, two okay. nights, three nights ago. Well, two tune nights into ago. the next Arizona Cardinals game because Kyler Murray. Is- I'm not shitting on Kyler Murray in any way, shape, or form. I'm taking Lamar Jackson top five right now. I would rather Kyler Murray. There's not pretty much only Patrick Mahomes is the only guy I would rather take on my team right now over Kyler Murray. Aaron Rodgers, give Tom me Kyler Brady. Murray. Give me Kyler Murray. Did I keep saying Monday Night Football for? You give, I keep saying I, I want to correct something really quick. I keep saying Monday Night Football for Lamar. It was actually Sunday Night Football. Monday Night Football was Aaron Rodgers against Detroit, and he looked phenomenal. Why is it just impossible to give the respect that Kyler Murray deserves as a first overall pick? Kyler Murray is a superstar. I'm not denying that, but to say he's better than Lamar, just like a, like it's a lock. I would rather him than Lamar. I don't know. Kyler might make better throws, but Lamar is just he's a playmaking guru. And yeah, I agree. I I need to know this guy's real name. I'm tired of calling him Scox. I like Scox. Um, if they were to redraft right now, would Mac Jones go number one? No. So statistically, I mean, probably be the fourth quarterback taken or third. I had him as the third. I would have taken him third most third highest quarterback. I remember we had this conversation with Aldo. I was real high on Mac Jones going into the draft and I believe he was too, but I, I would Trevor Lawrence is one. I would take fields two and Mac Jones three. Zach Wilson stinks. It's all his mom's fault. She just won't shut up on Instagram. 
you, you think? I saw this funny tweet. It was like Lamar or Justin Fields was the like consensus number two pick going into the 2020 college football season. And all he did was have an incredible Heisman level season, beat Clemson, who was quarterbacked by number one overall pick Trevor Lawrence. And then like Zach Wilson just randomly from BYU gets drafted over him. <laughs> Be sure to tune into Kyler Murray this week because you're clearly missing something. This dude has been I probably, have no way I've disrespected Kyler Murray at all whatsoever. I'm gonna just go ahead and say without even looking anything up, he's been the best quarterback so far in the first two weeks of NFL action. All right, that's just crazy. Have you watched Tom? You obviously haven't watched any Arizona games. I've seen every highlight of every game, and Justin or and Kyler Murray has been sensational. That play where he like ran around the backfield and then like threw across his body to the player in the end zone—that was unbelievable. I am in no way, shape, he or form four hundred yards last week. Yeah, he's awesome. I would take he—he he might okay in two games. He might be like ahead of Lamar in terms of statistics and like the way he played. He's ahead of everyone, I think. Lamar Jackson is a top five quarterback right now. Why can't you say Kyler Murray is? Because I'm not. I, I honestly is think it just because he hasn't proven it in, in the whole season. Because he was pretty fucking awesome last year. And you're telling me that's not something that should happen with quarterbacks in the NFL? But I think he's proven enough. Okay, to not to not get that dumb face when I say he's the top. Having him sixth three. or seventh and Lamar fifth, I don't think is crazy. And this all started because of your Derek Carr nonsense. Yeah, I think Derek Carr is awesome too. Who's better in your opinion, Derek Carr or Russell Wilson? <laughs> You're a clown. Because Keyshawn Johnson went on first take and had the unmitigated gall to say that uh, Derek Carr is better than Russell Wilson. And Stephen A. looked at him. He's like, you think he's better than who? Russell Wilson's a top four quarter. He might even be like number two. I would take him too, personally. I'd go Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. I always talk my praises for Tom Brady. Tom Brady's 44 years old. We'll see what happens as the season goes along. Maybe for one season I'd rather Tom, but like Russell Wilson, man. You're not taking according, Derek Carr over Russell Wilson. According, I know it's only two weeks in. I'm going I'd to rather have Matthew Stafford than Derek Carr. I'm going to keep track of this. All season long, the top five quarterbacks, according to NFL.com, through their fantasy, which a lot of people use. Number one, you have Pat Mahomes. Fair enough. I already said Pat Mahomes is number one. Number two is Kyler Murray. Number three is Tom Brady. Number four, Derek Carr. Number five, Lamar Jackson. I'm going to keep an eye on that like a hawk all season long. Give those guys some respect. Good. Now, for those of you watching this, don't be confused. This discussion will go on this show and Crosstown, depending on the week, situations, hockey coming back, baseball ending. There's there's a lot of things that could play into So you just got to watch both. If you want to hear the Vinny and Joey football banter, you just got to watch both. Yeah. Um, I already You already decided for me. I'm, I'm, I'm wearing my Kyler Murray shirt. Tomorrow on tomorrow's show. We're gonna... I'm not a Kyler Murray hater. I said he should play football over baseball because he'll be paid quicker and have a better chance to succeed. And I like baseball ever so slightly. When I say more, it probably sounds like I like an insult to football. It's not. It's like ever minuscule more. 
I, I, yeah, I mean, that's you probably like word. baseball more too, and you agree that um, Kyler Murray playing football was a smart decision. Yeah, because I think he's so fucking good at quarterback. I don't, I don't think he'd just go into the MLB and be that good of a pitcher as he is at a quarterback. He it's eventually harder to develop. It takes longer for organization exactly. to give you a chance. He probably would end up needing Tommy John at some point. <laughs> Dick. I, I'm just stating facts. What pitcher? What elite young pitcher doesn't just get Tommy John? Most of the, most guys now are getting it before they even enter the league. You're not wrong. I mean, like to be the trend. Kyler, like, Murray's, Kyler Murray's unbelievable. I'm so happy he's on the Cardinals. Colin Coward ranked them as their fourth best team in the NFL, and it's that largely was, that doesn't surprise me one bit. And they have an elite pass rush, and that's like huge for you know building a football team. I always say the two best things or the two things you need the most to build your franchise around in the NFL is a starting quarterback and an elite pass rusher. We kind of think the Bears have one of those two with Khalil Mack, even though he's double teamed on every play and the rest of the team around him doesn't help him too much. But Justin Fields needs to be the next Kyler Murray. He has these tools. Maybe. Uh, I just, I don't know. I think so highly of him. I don't know if Justin Fields will be as good as Kyler Murray. I mean, I hope he is. Well, I, well obviously, like, you know, you guys. Kyler are Murray's so good. So good. Russell, Russell Wilson is better than all of them. And Lamar Jackson. I'm taking right no, now. I'm taking Kyler over Russell at this point in their careers. All right. That's just crazy. It's not crazy, dude. I wouldn't be surprised one bit if Kyler leads this team to, to their division over. Uh, he can beat the Rams. It's the best division in the NFL kind of by far. Yeah, it is. Especially the you know Garoppolo's, you know doing work. Yeah, well, the 49ers were my pick to win the thing, and they might come in fourth. Over the Rams, you had them. I think I did. I don't. Remember. I'd have to go them or the Rams, and the Seahawks are right there. Yeah, that, I think it's. I don't even think it's close. If I like were to look through all the divisions, I don't think it's close. That that's the best from top to bottom. The next closest might be the NFC, AFC North. With the Steelers, the Browns, the Bengals, and the Ravens. But I mean, eh, I don't think too highly of the Saints right now. So the Buccaneers, I think, are the class of that division. Uh, so you got anything left on football? You got any more takes you want to spew out? No. Not Tom Brady, is Tom Brady going to win and go 3-0 and against the Rams? Yeah. And Justin Fields was named the starter. Is he going to succeed against the Browns? No. And define not succeed. Everyone's going to be praying for the red rifle to come back. <laughs> All right. I'm just kidding. So that's another thing. The disrespect to the red rifle. Like. The disrespect everyone, to the red rifle. He's like seven and 30 in his last three seasons. I get that, but I give. Okay. Bears fans are going to hate Matt Nagy. That's fair. Like, go ahead. Hate that. Matt guy. Nagy's an absolute fucking Yo, clown. The slander on the red rifle. He's doing his best. He's not, what, is he going to turn down the starting job? No, I mean, you would take I mean, 10 mil to be bad Exactly. Somewhere. So, like, all the hate at Andy Dalton is just unmerited. We're bad at this show for free. I get, I see I, they come off the field, you know, Justin runs a play, Andy Dalton's on the sideline, vice versa. They're giving each other hugs and fist bumps. They're like, they're just there working. Andy Dalton has done nothing wrong. Yeah, he might not be as, you know, talented as, as Justin Fields. He's a good quarterback, I think. Um, but, I mean, don't slander Andy Dalton. He's, he's told he's going to go and start, so he's going to just put on his pads and go start. 
hate Matt Nagy. Don't hate Andy Dalton. Matt, I don't hate Andy Dalton. I'm not he saying like I'm not talking to you. He had like four Pro Bowl years and he like won a play. No, I don't think did they win a playoff game. I know Vontez perfect like and they screwed them out of that playoff game against the Steelers a couple years back with Pac-Man Jones and all that. But I mean Andy Dalton's had a fine career. He's been okay. better than he had a better career than Jay Cutler. I'm not talking to you specifically. I'm talking, Cutler, but I'm talking to the people who slander Andy Dalton's name. He it's that not comes with sports. That comes with sports. If you stink, your name gets slandered, whether it's your fault or not. Okay, but if he stinks, he's not stinking on it's not like he's going out there to stink on purpose. He was told Andy Dalton, you're the starter. He that's what he was told. So he's gonna go out there and be the starter. Don't, don't hate know. the guy for that. I don't disagree at all. But I don't hate Andy Dalton. I hate him playing football for the Bears. There's no there's there's no personal Andy Dalton's had a really nice career. He's just doing what he's told to do. So speaking of the Bears, you people need to watch Buffone 55 tonight at 7 p.m. It's on the Barroom Network. Devin Hester was just announced as a pro football hall of fame nominee. I would vote for him. There's going to be articles going on to windycity.com to describe my feelings for Devin Hester. He's one of the most exciting athletes in the history of Chicago sports. Best? I don't know. He was just a punt returner and a kick returner. Most exciting, electrifying players? I think of Michael Jordan, Patrick Kane, Devin Hester. So you need to flip over to Buffon 55 at 7 p.m. tonight, Central, and make sure you're listening to the discussion on that amongst other topics related to football. Your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, he was a ride, wide receiver a little bit, right? He came into the league as a quarterback after his time with Florida, but then he made it to the NFL as a cornerback. Bears tried him as a returner. He was the best return man in the history of the NFL. And if you're the best anything in the history of the NFL, you should go to the Hall of Fame, whether it's a special teams position or not. I think he finished his career with the Falcons, I want to say. But he switched to wide receiver after that year where he broke a bunch of single-season return records. Yeah, one of Lovey Smith thought that maybe that can translate to being a wide receiver, even though the reason he was a cornerback in college is because he was super fast but had bad hands. Most cornerbacks in football are wide receivers turned cornerbacks because they're fast as shit and know how to run routes and know how to think like a receiver, but they don't have the hands to be a receiver. That was Devin Hester. One of my favorite Super Bowl moments, I've watched the Super Bowl every year of my life, was against the Colts opening kickoff, obviously. They started with a 7 nothing lead. Yeah, that was that. that's a memory that'll stick in my head, and, and I've watched a lot of Super Bowls. So Yeah, and Cedric Benson got hurt, Peyton Manning hit the field, and it's all she wrote. Yep. And tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. Central Time, you're going to want to check out the Mike North Advantage. We're going to see if he finally admits that he owes me my damn money and see if he can get that to me as quick as possible. And then, of course, me and Joey are going to be right back here 2 p.m. to talk Crosstown Crosstalk baseball all day. And then at 8 p.m., you're going to want to watch the Danny Shimon Show. And I'm looking forward to all these shows, man. The Barroom Network is so sweet. Imagine not liking the Barroom Network, weirdos. Crazy. It would be crazy. The first preseason hockey game is also this Saturday. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are taking on the Montreal Canadiens. And then also right after the Minnesota Wild are playing the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, it's preseason. Some people hate preseason. Some people love it. I love it. 
because it gives me a chance to watch young guys who probably aren't going to make the team play with guys who are, why are they even trying out? Um, and it's fun to see. It's fun to see those rosters get cut and see uh, the the teams take shape. So look for that in the next week or so. Absolutely. Um, I'm looking forward to tomorrow's show with baseball too. We got a lot going on in that league. Um, the Sox might clinch while we're on air. So that would be sick because the magic number's two, but they're playing the Guardians. So beating them anytime this weekend would be a clinching game. Their next win will clinch if it's one of the next five games. Yeah. Though I mean they're not gonna get swept by Cleveland, so they're they clinch. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler. It's gonna happen. Hope I, I if it happened while we were live tomorrow, that'd be sick. It's a seven inning game and it starts at noon. So you would think that not long into the show. Maybe that's just what the show will be about is like celebrating the White Sox clinching. And we'll talk about Patrick Wisdom breaking Brian's record. Did we talk about that yet? Was that pre-last no, show? That was, that that was Sunday. Day. It was Sunday. So we're going to talk about Sunday. that. Um, you know, some things going on with the Cubs. Brennan Davis still tearing it up. We interviewed him. Um, so we'll see what happens. You going to say something? <laughs> you were on your way to closing it out, and you were you were flowing, and then you just stared at me with them. Well, because I wanted to see if you had any last thoughts before we head on out of here. Yeah, um, tomorrow, 2 p.m. I'm excited. I hear from a good source that by the next time we, and this is for our guy Scox in the chat, I hear from a good source that by the time we record our next show, we will have had some Villanopoly pizza coursing through our veins. Ooh, what kind of source is that? A little birdie told me. Who, who died? <laughs> Dude. That's the only time we ever get this. It's right by the funeral home. For at Joey Parisi, I'm at Vinny Parisi. Thank you for listening. Oh.